Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The show brought to you by Archie's on Cars and Street. Get on Archie's, the official chicken wing, the fan Archie's home of 87 wings, Monday through Thursday. Home of the Paul's Ice Grilled Cheese Sandwich. So get down to Archie's. Have a good time. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Peters Township. Or visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Texas Anger, Snyder & Associates, fan text line, 412-928-9370. Go Snyder & Associates. Remind you to text responsibly. We're going to go to the, um, we're going to go to the, uh, uh, what do we call it? Nemical and Hotline. Fan Hotline presented by Nemical around every corner. Nemical and creates real-life magic for guests. Talk to our good friend from Pittsburgh Hockey Now, Dan Kangurski. And, Dan, are we any closer to figuring out who's going to be the general manager of this team or no? No. Well, then I guess we don't need to talk about anything. I guess we, I guess we can just go. Thanks for joining me. Uh, it's uh, been a pleasure, Paul. Um, uh, is there any movement? Well, obviously, uh, at this point in the process, it is really early. Uh and I don't say this lightly, FSG began somewhere behind square one. So it's only been, what, like 10 days now since they, they, they cleaned house, and it's going to take a considerable amount of, of time. Also, it's not unheard of. Like kind of the new way of doing business is when you interview somebody, Lulu Amarillo does this, by saying to them, if this leaks, if – if the media gets wind of you being a candidate, you're disqualified. So it's, it's going to be uh, a tricky uh, thing to report even going forward. You know, can we find out anything? Yeah, that's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's one of, it's, it's really one of the things that's going on. Um, you know, not just with this search, but with many other searches is uh, the number of ways they've tried to basically hide anything that's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know that I like it. I mean, I, I guess sports is trying to kill sports media so that only the team website and glowing reports are, you know, I, 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 I guess that's what it is. There's so much money involved now. There's such high pressure to deliver that, uh, um, you know, they're, they're trying to squash all of the media chatter that, quite frankly, I think is a lot of fun. Yes, and, and, and the other part of it is I think what happens is a lot – then you, you, you have to go to sort of the uh, 
um, ancillary people who might have a little bit of information, you know, because I've done coaching searches and things of the such. And that's where you end up with all of these wild rumors that go flying around um, because, let's face it, we all have to produce content. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it serves you. I don't. I don't know that it serves the team uh, any, 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 you know, well. Um, if there isn't at least a few little leaks, um... I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Hey, we've moved to stage two. We're identifying some candidates. Or Paul, at least this much, we've figured out what our front office is supposed to do. Now we're going to start finding people to fill those roles. I think that would be a, a great step forward from, from where this ownership group began a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, just kind of give people a little something to chew on. Otherwise, and I'm seeing this on Twitter and in my comments and such, people begin to assume the absolute worst. And you come out of it, even if you're doing a perfect job, you come out of it looking a lot worse. Yeah, no question about it. Um, so do you have any thoughts on, you know, the, the maybe even the profile of, of general manager? Because I wrote an article last week about the profile of the general manager that they should be looking to hire. And I, and I said, basically, it's got to be somebody uh, with experience. You know, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that you need somebody that's a grizzled veteran, you know, maybe a younger guy that's a little bit more uh, hip to, you know, things like analytics and all that other stuff. But I think it's got to be somebody who has experience building a roster because at the end of the day, you've got two years, basically. Uh, what the Penguins are asking you to do is build a team for the next, you know, or in or for the next two years to try and milk one more uh, run out of this uh, trio of guys, you know, who probably only have two more years. Yeah, I think that's going to evolve a little bit, too, where the goal is going to be not to suck for the next two years, quite frankly. There, there are a couple of guys, uh, actually even uh, a woman that I've circled, who kind of have that, that experience in the assistant general manager role. Uh, Steve Greeley in Dallas really has conducted a few great drafts uh, consecutively. First with Buffalo uh, under Jason Botterill and the last couple with the Dallas Stars where he just got A+, plus, A+, plus, A+. Plus, and he comes from a bit of an analytics background. And he's a Boston U guy kind of in that same universe with, with Mike Sullivan. So there's familiarity and I'm told some closeness there, but I, I don't think the Penguins are even to that point yet. I don't think they've gone down that, that, that road yet where, where a suggestion like that is, is plausible or, or carries any weight yet. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the question is uh, 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 people want to know, uh, what is going to be sort of the um, the profile of the next general manager? Now, they also got rid of Brian Burke. And they also got rid of uh, the assistant general manager. So they've got some, you know, positions to fill. <laughs> Just a few. And, um, you know, I think the thing about Brian Burke is, uh, can you actually define what he actually did? Well, isn't that a dereliction of the ownership group? If he had a job for two years under their watchful eye and they don't know, um, that's nobody else's fault but but theirs, quite frankly. A couple of hockey uh, sources, 
and I would put these people well above my pay grade, well above my station. Ask me that exact same question, a little bit facetiously, but also a little bit curiously, as if I could could answer it. Uh, you know, Brian Burke was kind of supposed to be an assistant general manager and a, a senior advisor. Uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, gopher would be a little bit rude, but, you know, the things that a general manager doesn't have time to do, uh, you know, overseeing some other people, that was kind of supposed to be the, the, the president's job when it was first introduced. How it was performed, I, I, I don't know. I would hope the people who made the decision would know. Yeah, um, that's the thing. So, you you know, <clears throat> now, do you get the sense, Dan, that maybe they'll look to expand uh, their front office situation and, and, you know, I don't know, hire, you know, I don't know, somebody <laughs> like a senior assistant as, as well as a president, you know what I mean? Like add a couple of, of, or do you feel like this is going to be a three-headed monster again? Well, there, there's certainly room for them to create kind of a, a new structure. I, I would certainly see them adding uh, more analytics. I don't know how much they've really had since uh, CMU grad Sam Ventura left to go to Buffalo, uh, I want to say, like, in 2018. No, no, he was there in the draft in 19. Yeah, he helped with the Nathan Legere pick. So uh, sometime, like, 1920, he went to Buffalo. I don't know that they've really had a great analytics department since then, and I apologize if they have and kind of kept secret. I, I see that being, you know, kind of up right in FSG's wheelhouse, right? Because they were the first baseball owners to take a big money team and emulate the small market money ball stuff. So I think we all kind of assume that they have a proclivity for the, the analytics, the numbers, and a little bit more forward thinking. Yeah, uh, that's that's the big thing. In the meantime, um, I guess they can't do a whole lot in terms of the um, actual movement of players and things of the such until they get those guys uh, in in place. But th- there is a roster that needs to be remade or rebuilt a little bit. What uh, what um, uh, you know, or do you f- do you feel like should be the priorities when we when we get started? Boy, that is, uh, that's a deep question. It, it might sound easy, but they really have to begin to pare down a lot of the players who didn't fit the Penguins' mold. It, it kind of seemed like Hextall was just adding a few players here and there, signing contracts because, oh, this player had a few goals or, or you know. It, the, 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 the puzzle doesn't fit together. And, I, of course, you know, it's easy to circle Mikhail Granlin, but he's probably chief among them because he doesn't fit the Penguins' speed or tenacity or pursuit game. Like, like none of the above does, does he plug into. Of course, you have to find a way to work around Jeff Carter's contract. Whether or not the players are on the team, his contract will, will be on the books next season. So you have to find a way to work around that while adding some youth, some speed. But those things are maybe uh, secondary to what youth and speed means. It's that that fresh attitude. It's that uh, tenacity and the hunger that a handful of young guys who aren't beholden to the past, who worry about their NHL paycheck so they get that next puck. That's, you know, they, they need some of that drive. I would say that 
I think in, in you know, looking back, the final analysis and all of that, uh, I, I think everybody got a little too comfortable with each other, you know, be it the core and Sullivan's coaching staff and the veterans around the core. Everybody assumed when push came to shove, they would turn it on. Obviously, as we saw, when push came to shove, they made the same god-awful mistakes they've been making for the previous five months. Yeah, um, I just feel like this is so important. Uh, it's such an important offseason for them. Um, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about what, you know, what they need to prioritize from the standpoint of I, I don't think that they have the luxury of trying to get younger or whatever, all that other stuff. I, I think they need to try and win now. Otherwise, what, you know, what they decided to do with bringing back the whole band Will, will basically just be a colossal waste of three or four years of, of capability of rebuilding. Well, Paul, I'm going to argue with you a, a little bit. I mean, you're right in principle, but I think it has been so mismanaged that I don't think you can build a team this summer. If you started today, I don't think it's possible to build a team that is hyper-competitive next season. This is going to be a 12-month sort of retool where you just kind of pick away, pick away, pick away at, at adding what you need so that your team is somewhat competitive. And maybe, just maybe, you can figure out a way into the playoffs and surprise somebody. Uh, but, but, but the reality is they, they have too much dead wood that nobody else is going to take to get from point A to point B in the next three months. Yeah, I, I would say that, but I think, you know, the, the goal should be take one, you know, good step this year and one good step in the offseason, and maybe next year is a year that you, you take one last real, you know, hurrah, one last run, Yeah, you know. Uh, that's kind of what I'm saying, yeah, so we're on the same page there, yeah. It's going to take 12 months to get to that one big run like the Boston Bruins had this season, where everybody knows, you know, uh, Patty Bergeron, is most likely done. The guy's just playing in unbelievable pain for one more shot at that Stanley Cup. And every player in that locker room is completely invested in this one more shot. I, yeah, that's what the Penguins are going to need in, in 12 months or so. I don't think it's possible in three months, but I do think it's, it's possible uh, for the 24-25 season. Yeah, I mean, I would just tell you that that's the biggest thing. Uh, they've got to, you know, maybe it takes two off seasons, but, you know, what what I mean is they can't try and do sort of what they tried to do this year, which was half and half. You know, they've got to just commit to, all right, we're going to try and build a roster for next year, even if it takes us two off seasons. We're going to try and build a roster that we can take a run run at it next year as opposed to we're going to try and do this thing where we – are sort of rebuilding, but we're sort of also trying to win. I think a lot of uh, the, the debate on that philosophy centers around the top two draft picks. If you give up your first rounder, it just so delays that eventual retool, rebuild in three years. Because we see when you pick in the middle or the back of that first round, it's going to take you uh, three years to see that kid. If it's a goalie, it's going to take you probably five years. Or even a defenseman, it, it might take you uh, four or five years. Look no further than P.O. Joseph, who finally at 23, after being a first-round pick, got to the NHL and 
and stuck around. So, you, you know, to give up first round picks would would make the rebuild just catastrophic when it finally happens. And you start talking like being stuck like Chicago and Detroit, where you're bad for a decade. I don't think the Penguins want to go down that route. I, I, I would kind of hope not. I would, I, would get, I would let them fudge a little bit on the win now if they at least had a plan in place for five years from now. Well, we'll see. Dan, I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate you jumping on, and let's do it soon. All right, Paul, anytime. All right, my man, that's Dan Kinkersky on Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Montucky Derby, May 4th, the Bulldog Pub in Mer- Morningside. Kale's home turf. Who's Kale? Oh, Kale Burger's home turf and Doran Dickerson's headed to enemy territory. You don't want to miss this. Join us starting 4 p.m. Race time is 5 p.m. Determine Doran's exact race time. And Montucky Cold Snacks could give you $250 gift card at, uh, to Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers. Running shoes provided by Gingerbread Man Running Company. What is the Montucky Derby? What is this, Joel? Do you have any idea what this is? Kale and Doran. They're going to race. It's going to be the 40-yard dash. I love the fact it says Kale's home turf. Like he's like important enough and cool enough that he can, we can just name his first name and we're supposed to know who the hell he is. So they're going to race in a hundred yard dash. Yeah, forty yard dash or you know something like that. Is Kale going to get a, a head start of some sort, or is it going to be just a straight race? I would think this is going to be a head-to-head 40-yard dash, and whoever gets the better time wins. <laughs> oh, boy. Remember when I was talking about Dylan Brooks? That's Kale Berger in this situation, okay? One guy's an All-American. <laughs> One guy's an All-American who set a record for tight ends in the 40. The other's a schlep rock that plays golf or something for, you know, for videos here. What are we talking about here? 
Anyway, let's go to the Nemecolon Hotline or whatever we call it. The Nemecolon Hotline around every corner. Nemecolon creates real-life magic for guests. Talk to our good friend Craig Meyer, who's out in Denver, Colorado, who has his own uh, channel and does a, a lot of uh, really interesting articles on college sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. But Craig, what in the hell? First of all, great talking to you. And second of all, what in the hell is going on? Uh, what in the hell is going on at, at Colorado that every single warm body is leaving primetime's program? You know, this is uh, what happens here. You know, with a baggage claim. You know, when you're bringing uh, when you're bringing your own Louie in. Like this is just <laughs> what happens. You know, this is a uh, you know this is an occupational hazard with that. It's a uh, you know, I, a, a lot of us who follow CU football, like we kind of figured that there would be a lot of change here. I mean, Deion Sanders said as much the first time that, uh, that he met his team. He's saying, you know, hey, guys, like a lot of y'all need to hit that portal because I'm bringing my own guys in here with me, and they're going to be playing big roles. <clears throat> so obviously, you know, and you see this in any kind of coaching change, there's a level of turnover, guys who were recruited by the previous staff, um, you know, want to look for opportunities elsewhere. <clears throat> But in this case, I mean, it's really, I think just the timing of it's odd. Like you look at how things, you know, how things have kind of unfolded here and you usually see a lot of the turnover and a bunch of those departures right after, you know, or like we are within a month of that coaching change taking place. This is what's happened here though. So from the end of the 2022 season to the start of a spring practice back in, I guess, March, you had 10 players transfer during spring practice from the time that it started until the uh, spring game, you had 14 players transfer since the spring game, which mind you was like 48 hours ago here, you've had 17 players transfer and it's just, you know, and some of these are really productive players too. You know, I get the argument that this is from a one in 11 team and like, one in eleven, I don't even think really begins to tell the full story of how bad that team was. That, that it might be the worst Power Five football team I've ever seen. Um, so you you do want some change from that. You, you don't want to keep too many of those guys around because even with better coaching, if Deion Sanders is in fact a better coach, um, you know that that rebuild process gets stalled a little bit. But I mean, what you're seeing now, like I mean, you've had four, you've had more than 40 players hit the hit the transfer portal. I mean, this is a level of turnover. I would have to dig into the numbers here, but I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this in college football history. So wait, uh, let, let let me see if I get this. So, so you said how many? As soon as he got hired, it was what 13. 
Yeah, so you had 10 <laughs> players transfer from the end of last season until the start of, of a spring practice. I mean, we're talking like a three, three-and-a-half-month period. There were only 10 guys transferred. Okay. Then there was 10, and then what? Now these 17, was there more in between? That's 27 so far. Is there more in between? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, from the start of spring practice until the spring game, there were 14. So you had – so you got – 10 after the season, 14 during spring practice, then 17 in the past 48 hours. So all told, 41. 41 guys. Now I, I'm, I'm assuming. First of all, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You, you fall, you uh, obviously. It's been a, a while since I've covered uh, college athletics so closely that I knew all the rules. Is it still a rule that you can only bring in 25 guys in one class? Uh, I think they did away with that. Um, you know, and if they didn't, Deion Sanders is in a little bit of uh, trouble here because they, uh, yeah, because they are uh, they are they are going to be well over that. But um, but yeah, no, I mean it's uh, you know, it, I mean I think a lot of people can say, oh, this is sort of the world we live in now with the tr- with the one time transfer rule and guys being eligible right away, not having to sit out a year. But I mean, this is something beyond that. Yeah, I mean, forty one guys. That I mean, is, that's half of your scholarships right there. I mean, that is ha- that is absolutely half. Now, uh, what in terms of guys coming in does he have? I know he's got a few players, but he can't possibly have 41 coming in. Yeah, no, I mean, part of it was they were well over the uh, scholarship limit before a bunch of these moves took place. So part of that is kind of, you know, are some of these unnecessary moves um, I mean, he does have a really good. Uh, he does have a, a really good top twenty-five. I think top twenty, top fifteen recruiting class coming in. Um, you know, and he's got some really star players who are either coming in or uh, or uh, or already there now. I mean, most prominently, there's his son Shadur Sanders, team's quarterback. Figures probably one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this year. Which, like, you know, people can say what they want about the uh, Pac-12, but there are a lot of good quarterbacks in there. Um, and then Travis Hunter, who is the uh, number one recruit in the 2022 class, um, you know, played for him last season at, at Jackson State. And he's a guy right now who, like, all indications are, I mean, God bless, you know, God bless that man's cardiovascular system where you know, it looks like he's going to be playing both ways and, like, playing both ways a bunch, uh, you know, playing a wide receiver and cornerback, um, you know, and doing that, you know, 5,280 feet above sea level is very impressive. Um, you know, and especially in what's going to be a really fast-paced offense for CU under a former Kent State coach Sean Lewis, who who his Kent State teams were always among the top teams in the country in plays per uh, per game. So he's you know he's brought some guys over from Jackson State. They had a really good tight end from Arkansas State. They've got a couple good wideouts coming in from South Florida, um, and then they've got um, you know a and then they've got a good, uh, good freshman class. I mean, they've lost all of their, they've lost all their special receivers from last year, um, but they're bringing in two four-star guys. Um, so it's, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, it is basically going to be almost an entirely new roster, um, you know, or at the very least, you're seeing a lot more of the, I mean, over these past 48 hours here. I mean. You still had probably about ten or twelve pretty prominent guys from last season who were coming back. You figured they'd be in less prominent roles this year, um, but all but a couple of those guys are gone now, um, and some of them were definitely surprises. Well, I think I just I just read they have twenty nine transfers coming in. Yeah, 
29 transfers coming in, plus 19. It looks like they have 19 committed players. Do the math on that. That's 48 guys coming in. So if you add the seniors, I don't know how many seniors graduated to the 41 transferring out, they probably are pretty close to that 85 scholarship number, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, and the thing, too, is that you look at what they uh, what they can potentially add here as far as transfers go. I mean, it's kind of late in the game here where, you know, if you look at 247, you know, they do transfer player rankings. And of the top 175 guys on there, only four, uh, uh, only four of them aren't currently committed somewhere. And of those four guys, two of them are Colorado transfers. <laughs> so you're not getting those guys back. Um, so there, there aren't a ton of options left here. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I really don't know how much more roster building they, uh, they can do at this point. I mean, obviously guys can still go into the portal. We're obviously seeing that right now with a CU, but, um, but yeah, there are kind of get left and some of the guys who, uh, who they've lost, I mean, are pretty decent players, you know, that, uh, today, probably the two most notable ones are a pair of wideouts, Jordan Tyson, who had a really good freshman season for him. He had 344 yards in his final three games uh, before suffering a season-ending leg injury. And then Montana Lamonius Craig, who, for very obvious reasons, I'm partial to given his name. But, I mean, he's a guy who – he was someone we were thinking was going to figure very prominently into this team this season. Um, you know, he had 168 receiving yards and two touchdowns in the spring game. Um, you know he's a he's an athletic, pretty big-bodied wideout, and he and now he's in the portal too. Um, you know, and he's already gotten you know he's already gotten offers from Penn State, Auburn, Arkansas, Cincinnati. Like he he is going to be a very sought-after guy. Um, yeah, and it does kind of make you wonder. Like, yeah, you're trying to change things after this team uh, after this team was so bad last season. Um, you know, and there's that old saying like, yeah, we finished in last place with you. We can finish in last place without you. But I mean, in the process, you know, if you stick that hard to that, you're, you're getting rid of some pretty good guys who could, who could at the very least give you a little bit of cushion, give you a little bit, you know, just to give you sight. Cause I mean, at this point, you know, given the guys who, who have left, I mean, he effectively inherited nothing. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's 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 the truth. I mean, if you think about it, he has inherited not a whole lot. I'll just be interested to see Craig if it works. You know, when when you're, it's one thing if you're at Jackson State, you're in the uh, what are they in the, the MEAC or the SWAC or whatever they're in. Black, yeah. Uh, and um, you know, you if you if you go out and just you know you have more resources than everybody else in that conference, and you bring in a bunch of guys. You don't have to be a great, great coach to win a lot of games in that, you know, in, in those circumstances. And that's no disrespect to the job he did, but let's face it, he had, you know, better players than almost all the other teams in the, in the conference. Now he's in a league where everybody's basically going to have, you know, players. They all have resources. They all have NILs. They all have all the, you know, the, the, they all have access to five stars and everything else. So we're going to have to, and now we're going to see how good of a coach he actually is. Yeah, I, you know, and he's got a lot of work. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of work to do there too. I mean, they, you know, he's talked to Nucker about how they uh, about how they, how they went one in eleven last season. But I mean, for people of a certain age, it's probably hard to think about. I mean, Colorado has been bad for two decades now. Where over the past seventeen years, 
they've won at least six games only twice in 17 years. Um, so, I mean, this is a program that's been hurting really badly. They've churned through a lot of different coaches, tried a lot of different things. I mean, that's one reason I thought that this was a very good hire. Like you might as well go for this kind of, uh, uh, this kind of a big swing. And I mean, there are, I've seen a lot of people say this, that they're going to be a great su- uh, success and he's going to get them, you know, consistently ranked or he's just going to flame out. I mean, I can see very real. I mean, I could realistically see him being a guy who has them, you know, going six and six, seven and five, eight and four, kind of living in, uh, kind of living in the the middle range there. Um, I mean, one thing I'm pretty confident on, this is just, uh, this is conjecture. I don't think he's going to be here very long. Um, You know, I think if he, if he does really well, you're going to have way bigger programs coming after him. He might get uh, he might get some uh, some NFL looks. He's a guy who said he has no interest in coaching in the pros, but you know circumstances obviously do change sometimes. So um, yeah, he's got a big task, and you know yeah, this isn't Jackson State here where you talk to a lot of people who follow league uh, leagues like the SWAC and follow HBCU football and. Yeah, Jackson State was operating at a different level in terms of the guys who they brought in and the budget they had, um, you know, and some of the uh, private do- uh, private donations for facilities that Dion was able to bring in. So, um, you know, I, I do think he's a good coach. So I, I think, or you know, f- um, you know, from things I've been told, he's very detail oriented. Um, you know, he, he really impressed them during the interview process, even beyond his typical charisma and charm. Um, and he's built a good staff too. I mean, he added a sitting uh, division one coach and Sean Lewis uh, to his roster who did really good work at Kent state was a guy whose name was, was a fluid around a lot for, you know, for, for lower level kind of ACC big 10 jobs. Um, and he had, a, you know, Charles Kelly, a defensive guy for, uh, from Alabama. So I, I think at the very least he's got a good staff, um, you know, and he's got a lot of talent here so far. Um, I think the biggest thing you'll see this year that they just don't have that much depth. And, um, you know, when you've, uh, you know, when you're kind of building on the fly like this and the team hasn't gotten the opportunity to really gel yet, you can have really high end players like a Travis Hunter or Shadur Sanders, but it'll still, there are, there are a lot of other things that go into building a a winning product that I just don't think this team will have. I mean, I think it's going to be like probably a four, maybe five win team, but I could be wrong. I could be hilariously wrong. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have to see how it develops. But man, forty-one guys on their way out is incredible to me. <laughs> it really yeah, is. It's pre- it is pretty wild. Yeah. So uh, anyway, hey, uh, thank you so much, uh, Craig, for jumping on, and of course, uh, always good to hear from you. And hope you're doing well out in Denver. Yeah. Yeah, always great talking with you, Paul. It was great to uh, catch up here, man. You know, and uh, likewise, hope things are good with you back in Pittsburgh. All right, brother. That's Craig Meyer, uh, former Post Gazette writer. He's out in Denver. He does the uh, 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 Substacks. Uh, has got his own college football blog. Uh, so look him up and do some uh, do some research, and he'll probably teach you a lot about college athletics that you didn't already know. It's the Paul's Eye Show. It's ninety three seven The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 